the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. on the Central Coast. It is Monday, December 18th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton, welcoming you to another edition, another week of Hometown Radio. Hope you're well. Hope you're enjoying the rain. More importantly, I hope that you are safe. Hang out with us until 7 o'clock, please. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Later on this hour, Dave Peer from the Clark Center checks in and lets us know about all the great concerts coming up in early 2024. Michael Dunn at 4.05 wants to compare... The wealthy of today to, say, the wealthy of 100 years ago. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Aaron Steed, uh, well, I don't know how wealthy he is, but the federal government would like to relieve him of about $15 million. He's the CEO of Meathead Movers. He's being sued by the feds. Unbelievable story, but we'll talk about it with Aaron in studio at 505. Michael Latner from Cal Poly at 605 talks about everything you ever wanted to know about voting. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, let's uh, start the week off by checking in with the one, the only Karen Veely from Cal Coast News and get an update about what's happening locally. Karen, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? You're sounding better. How's your voice? Uh, my voice is getting better and better. All right. So... Here we go again. Another slow high school teacher accused of misconduct. A San Luis Obispo high school math teacher was placed on administrative leave amid allegations he sent inappropriate text messages to a student. What's going on, Karen? Well, about two weeks ago, middle um, of the week before last, this teacher was uh, no longer um, in the classroom. The rumors with students were very uh, broad. Um, but there was allegation of um, uh, contact with students that was very inappropriate, and they took him out of the classroom. Um, the issue is, I asked the school district. I all I said was because they they don't have to tell you about an investigation, but they do have to tell you if someone is working or if they're on leave or administrative leave. That is the law. The district is very quiet. They do not communicate well. They're not transparent, and they don't follow the law. I asked back then. I, I said I heard he was out, and he was on administrative leave. I was told by the school that I'd have to talk to human resources at the district. They told me they would have someone call me back, and, again, untransparent. They never got back to me. But then on Friday of last week, after 5 o'clock, they sent a uh, message to parents who had their children in his classes saying that they had substitutes in there, that they didn't have the substitute they wanted yet. Other teachers were stepping in to help, and um, that 
they were looking for someone to take over his classes on a longer basis. Then on Sunday night, they sent out another message. And this time they said that there was an investigation into um, bad communications between a teacher and students and that it was being investigated. And very shockingly, which I think this was a slap in the face to all the young women and students who said that they have been treated inappropriately and that it was ignored or pushed under the carpet, Here's how they reported it. It is always important to note that we acted immediately on these reports, as we always do. That came from um, the principal to the parents, and I had parents calling me, one almost in tears, saying that she was crushed, that they are now claiming that they have always acted immediately. As many people know, the school is being sued by a parent because of inappropriate actions by Jeff Brando, Brandow. They've had four or five other men in the last 20 years that have treated children, students, inappropriately um, in a more of a sexual content, asking them out, commenting on them, this type of thing. This is not the first. And um, the school is coming back that they acted immediately, they acted well. I'm not going to get into details, but what students are telling me, this could actually be more of a scandal than Brandau. Well, it's interesting, Karen, because I'm looking at the document right here, and you've missed the big footnote. We have taken action immediately against any complaint against a teacher unless he is a winning basketball coach and we're in the middle of basketball season. <laughs> then, then we have the right to delay any action until the basketball season is over. You missed that in your reporting, Karen. I did miss that in my reporting. It clearly says this. Well, and um, according to your reporting, on the week of December 7th, uh, the teacher whose name is McSwain was placed on leave. So, so allow me this. Uh, we've talked at length about the basketball coach, and I would think that most people are upset. So now here's another case, and these are allegations, but this time the school district stepped in, took them out immediately, notified the parents. Aren't they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Well, first we need to make sure that this was taken out immediately, that they did identify the parents. Remember last time they said they had no evidence, but they'd seen the text messages Teachers are not supposed to be texting students about going out and partying or, or sexual content or content at all. So if teachers are having inappropriate comments with students, um, this should have never been tolerated in the school district. I don't know if this teacher was taken out immediately. I will tell you I have been contacted by students, and I have not ask that question, how soon did you report this? But there are, again, allegations um, that go much further than just having a few text messages with a student. Hmm. Uh, Karen Veely is our opening guest on today's edition of Hometown Radio, giving us an update on stories that she's been reporting lately, and the newest one is another slow high school teacher accused of misconduct. And you referenced this earlier in the conversation. I can't imagine what some of these parents must be feeling whose 
daughters have filed complaints about the basketball coach and their complaints weren't heard. And then they see this. It's kind of like, well, wait a minute. What about us? Well, and what they're saying is it would be different if they said we're we are acting immediately. But they said, as we always do. And they are. One mother said, I feel that we're being re-victimized. Now, I want the public needs to know there is a school district board meeting on Tuesday night. I know at least one parent whose child has allegedly been victimized is going to the meeting. Multiple parents plan on speaking out. The meeting will be held at, I think they have closed session from 5 to 6 and then open session at 6. This one's going to be held in Los Osos at one of the schools, but it'll be, it will be this Tuesday, and some of the parents are hoping members of the community come to support their children. All right, Karen Veely from CalCoast News checks in. Check out her website at calcoastnews.com, the investigative reporting website for the Central Coast. A short break, we'll come back and get the very latest on what's happening with Mr. Belcher and Mr. Wright Petetit. I'm Dave Congleton. We're live. We're local. It's Hometown Radio. Tomorrow on Hometown Radio, we'll hear from some downtown merchants. Has the parking situation improved at all? Or are the downtown business owners still struggling? Let's find out. And uh, our good friend and hometown attorney, Jeff Stolberg, checks in. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. Dave Peer from the Clark Center joins us after news at the bottom of the hour. We're back with Karen Veely from CalCoast News. Go to calcoastnews.com, find out what's happening around the community. Uh, Karen, the other story we wanted to get an update on, please, is what is the latest on the trial and past robles of... Ryan Petetit Wright and Mr. Belcher. And I will have a story out later on this afternoon. The trial is primarily over. The witnesses have been heard, but the judge will not be coming to a conclusion on the case. This is a bench trial, meaning there is no jury. The judge is the only, he just, he is the decider of fact. And, um, they are each allowed to um, send in, basically do their closing statements in a motion. The judge will look over that. One of the attorneys is going to be on an out-of-the-country vacation for six weeks. Uh, they will be back on March 8th, and they will then, um, the judge plans on asking about 15 minutes of questions each attorney, and this uh, will end at that point. One of the most interesting things about this, for those that do not know what's going on, uh, John Belcher is a well-known attorney in the area, along with Ryan, used to be now Ryan Wright. They started a development company. They have now been accused by the feds of being involved in bribing public officials and other illegal acts. Um, Ryan has been arrested. They. There was a thought he would leave the country. Um, other arrests in this case have not uh, happened at this time, and it's unknown if they will happen. Um, but the uh, indictments laid out a lot of the different things that happened in the case. But one of the more interesting things is through this civil trial on fraud with a couple that lost uh, about $2.5 million in investments, 
And uh, basically they're arguing that they should have known that they could lose everything. And they're arguing that um, the money was spent on other things and that type of thing. And it's been, they've gone over the books and they're buying flowers, they're going on vacations, they're buying shoes. It's clear that a lot of the money in the accounts did not go to the projects as they are claiming. But the bigger thing to me is it really shows issues with our judicial system, our lawyers, our what happens in the courts, and the process in this county. They are very lucky they have Judge Kelly. He came, he was recently appointed, and he came here um, to our community from Los Angeles. I, I, I think he bought a retirement home. He was appointed here, but he is a very experienced judge. He appears to follow the rules and is very, um, it's very important that things are done the proper way. And one thing that came out on the last day of trial, they had a CPA out of Arroyo Grande. Brian Portese was a witness for John Belcher. He had served as a CPA for John Belcher and Ryan Wright when they had their company. And while they were asking him questions, Wilson, the attorney for the family, the Chases, asked him, why didn't you abide by the subpoena and give us the records we asked for? And he explained that attorney Roy Ogden, attorney John Belcher, and Ryan Wright sat down with him and told him, no, you don't have to give that. You don't abide by the subpoena. You could clearly see that the judge was appalled. When Portese was done being interviewed, the judge told him, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stand outside for a minute. And then he asked Wilson, he said, do you want me to get those documents now? And um, Wilson said, no, we don't need them now. I think he just wants the case to be over, and they've, they've done a good job. But I think the judge was very surprised that attorneys in our community would be telling people to violate the law and not abide by a subpoena. And this isn't the first time in this case. I had another witness I spoke to, John Westbay, and he said the attorney that he, when Ryan beat up a woman, he met with a local attorney, and um, they asked him to please lie on the stand and say he did not witness the assault. And the attorney and Wright and Belcher were explaining, you know, just say you didn't have a line of sight, it's not lying. Well, the guy said it was lying, and then after he decided, you know, he refused to lie on the stand, they ended up um, allegedly defrauding him out of his investment. But it's, um, it's very sad, some of the things coming out in this trial of wrongdoing by people in the courts and even bringing up things that have happened with other judges. So what might Belcher and Petetit face? What are they facing? Well, Ryan is facing a superseding indictment. It was supposed to come down on the 13th. It did not. And I'm wondering if they don't want to bring that out until the civil case is over. But that was that was scheduled with the court, in federal court, um, a superseding indictment for more types of fraud. Um, they're, they're accused of bribing Supervisor Adam Hill. They're accusing of... Um, forging documents, they're accused of lying to the feds, and they're accused of defrauding investors. They, um, there is a federal uh, prosecutor, so criminal jail time, 
um, depending on who they arrest and what they do in the end. And um, they also face uh, multiple people are suing them for allegedly cheating them, some out of their retirements. So this case, if they lose, um, would be a, a loss of over $2 million, but I don't know if they have that many assets. They lived high on the hog. They took, they went to games. They, they rented jets. They lived the high life during this time. So they lived the high life on other people's money. Other people who worked very hard and invested with them. Many of these people were friends. They went to... Um, Jeff Chase grew up in San Luis Obispo. He went to high school with John Belcher. They were on the tennis team together. They married sisters. They were very close friends. When he got up on the stand, he started to cry. And Jeff said, you know, this is my closest friend. I was closer to him than my brother. And you could tell that he was shocked that this happened to him. On the uh, text line question, listener wants to know, whether or not you have any information about whether or not Darsha Stebbins has repaid the money she owes the county. Right now, they are the judge is hearing the case. What, what the I think she paid a forty or fifty thousand, and there was a five thousand dollars left. She's claiming that she deserves an itemized accounting, and one of the items that was in one of the main things she's objecting to. And she said one of the items was the full salary for the clerk recorder. But there was another recount at that time, and she claims they charged the full salary for the clerk recorder to that one also, and that the clerk recorder went out of town uh, for three or four days to a conference, and that she deserves an itemized rather than an estimate that then added much more to it without being itemized. When they went to small claims court, the judge said, well, she can charge whatever she wants, but Darsh is arguing the law says she can't charge us for things that aren't related to the recount. Hmm. And the judge will make a decision, I think, probably around the 19th of the month. Right. And you're not expecting any other FBI arrests to come about until this trial is over, are you? I don't know. Generally, I do not. The feds do not arrest during a civil trial, but the trial is basically over. The judge has heard all the parties. I don't know if that will make a difference or not. The reason that Ryan Pettit, according to court records, or Ryan Wright, was arrested was because he, um, they believe he was going to flee and that he might also harm people in the community that could be testifying or had evidence against him. Other than that. All right, it's calcoastnews.com, the investigative reporting website for the Central Coast. Karen Veely, thanks for joining us. Final thoughts? Thank you very much. And if you have any information, anyone regarding what is going on in San Luis Obispo High School, please call me, 805-234-1703. And the parents are hoping that people show up at the board meeting tomorrow night. All right, Karen, thank you. Appreciate your time. Off where you go, we've got news, traffic, weather. Up next, Dave Pierre from the Clark Center introduces us to the various shows they're bringing in early 2024. This is Hometown Radio.
This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Up next, always good to turn the spotlight on our friends at the Clark Center, where they are beyond busy. But uh, Dave Peer always finds time for us. We're glad that he can. He joins us now. Mr. Peer, good afternoon. Good evening. How are you? <laughs> Hanging in there pretty good these days. Yeah. And uh, I like the beyond busy. That's kind of fun, but we are. Yeah. Well, you really are, because the Clark Center always seems to be booked for one occasion or another. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff, a lot of community shows in, but also our presentations have expanded of touring artists. And then we have a lot of concert promoters bringing things in these days, so a lot of stuff. All right, there's a lot to cover here. Let's start with the holiday events. You are doing some things for the holidays this week. What do you have planned? Yeah, we've got a couple fun things. Uh, uh, Irish Christmas is uh, that production's back again, and uh, that's always great fun. Uh, traditional Irish uh, music and dance and storytelling, um, and that's on Friday. But uh, something new with the same producer, different group of musicians, and uh, but it's a sing along. It's a holiday sing along, and it's basically all the the favorite holiday songs put together with a small orchestra and a choir and the audience singing along. And it should be a lot of fun. That's something new. We're hoping to make that an annual tradition now. When is the second show? When is the sing-along? It's on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And it's the same producer as uh, the folks that uh, have produced uh, Irish Christmas so successfully. But this is something they're trying out in different cities and uh, planning to expand it. Well, the future. I, We're one I've seen that Irish Christmas show twice. I was tempted to come again, but it's like, well, I've seen it twice. <laughs> I'm, in, yeah. I'm in the holiday spirit, but it's very entertaining. Um, they've got dancing and singing and Christmas songs, and uh, it's infectious is the term that I would use. They're uh, mostly young people, and they're just very entertaining. If you haven't seen this Irish Christmas show, it's well worth your time and money. Yeah, once again, she has uh, dancers from River Dance coming back, and just a great lineup uh, on that. Um, it's you know, it's, it's like you said, it's contagious. It's great fun. Yeah. So tell me more about the holiday sing along. Is this uh, Christmas classics? Is it Irish music? What is it? No, this is all Christmas classics. And uh, Margaret, who uh, does such a good job putting these shows together, she organized the orchestra in Los Angeles and a choir, and she has a storyteller and uh, kind of. Um, MC, if you would like to kind of guide the audience through it, and it's, it should just be fun. Uh, great time for uh, Saturday afternoon. Well, actually, that's a really good time. You know, you have all these people visiting you for the weekend. What am I going to do with these people? Take them to the Clark Center. Yeah, in the holiday yep, that's spirit. That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it's a good time there. And you see this as a new annual tradition for the Clark Center. Uh, yeah, it's something Margaret's really uh, invested in, and you know she's she's really excited about it. And knowing her, it's going to be a great great show. I haven't seen it happen yet, but it sounds like great fun. Always uh, reminding folks that with the holidays right around the corner, nothing says "I love you" more than two tickets to a show at the Clark Center, right, Dave? Yeah, I like to say you know, great shows make great gifts, and um, yeah. 
this is it, the thing is you're not just giving the show you're giving all the memories and if you buy um enough to you know for multiple people to go then it's the whole experience of going out and together and having a, a great evening and a, having a great show to remember so it's, it's the memories as well as the show itself and in the process you're supporting the local arts yep yep <laughs> and um just well, uh, there's nothing like a live performance. <laughs> yeah, there, it's, it's it's not the same as the internet, and um, nothing replaces it. It's it's the gathering of people together. You you're either there, or you're not. It only happens one time, and then it's you know it's very ethereal. It's it's there, and then it's not. And if you're there to experience it, you have a great time. It's something you'll remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, all those great memories. And so I would go to ClarkCentry.org and just check out the schedule. We're going to talk about some of the shows here in a minute. And I'm sure there's something that you could find. And you buy some tickets and you give that uh, for Christmas. And I think that uh, you will be more than appreciated. Remind me, please, how you support the Clark Center. Do you have like a, is it a Friends of the Clark Center? Is it a foundation? How can I join the Clark Center? Yeah, we have a membership program. It's a, it's basically anyone who donates to support what's going on at the center uh, basically becomes a member and uh, then they get special perks. They can get discounts on tickets. They get advance uh, notice of things that are coming up. Um, and our, it's not just uh, supporting the shows. We also have scholarships we give out to uh, young people who are interested in pursuing the arts when they get out of high school to help them in college. And uh, we also uh, we have a we're actually starting that up again. This arts education program. Uh, that has been part of the uh, center. It got sh- kind of shut down with COVID. It's coming back. So we have shows during the day that kids can come and see, and we're starting that up with our, well, we have three shows at least this time. We have Dinosaur World, where we have these really large-scale dinosaur puppets uh, for the kids to see. Uh, we have a, a contemporary circus group coming in uh, that talks all about wind and wind power. And then... Um, uh, we've got one more that we're doing with them. Oh, the Taiko Project, our, our drumming uh, group, uh, Japanese uh, traditional drumming. And those we're doing both public performances of those and uh, performances for kids to come see during the day, school day. And you've added some other shows, too, from the original schedule. Yeah, yeah, we, we've added on our presentations where we're bringing in touring artists we have um, for Hank Williams. It's his hundredth birthday celebration. Uh, we're bringing back uh, Jason Petty, who has a terrific show. He's a award-winning actor, singer, who's really got Hank Williams dialed in, and uh, he's got a great show called Hank and My Honky Tonk Heroes. So we'll be um, commemorating the uh, Hank Williams hundredth birthday. Um, we've also added the Kingston Trio is going to be back. And that's always popular. Um, this is uh, these are folks that grew up with the Kingston Trio, and we kind of their their new version, the newest iteration of the Kingston Trio, and that'll be here in April. And then uh, we also have a, a fantastic Elton John uh, tribute uh, called "Remember When Rock Was Young," and it features this guy uh, Craig A. Meyer, who really. Yeah. really is amazing. <laughs> I've seen his show. You had him a couple of years ago, and we went to see it. It's very impressive. He he becomes the young Elton John. 
Yeah, and he's got backup singers and a full band. He calls it the Rocket Band, and they really are good. They they really they do the full spectrum of uh, Elton John music. Now you've had one cancellation. You've uh, dropped the Electric Light Orchestra show. Yeah, we one of the key performers. I I I don't know actually which one. I think it was maybe their music director had a had a. Uh, medical emergency, and so they they knocked out the spring tour of the West that they were planning to do, and so we're bring, planning to bring that back the following spring in 2025, but we've had to actually start refunding tickets on that. We just found that out this last week. All right, we're with uh, Dave Peer from the Clark Center, where the website is always clarkcenter.org. When we come back, let's highlight some of the shows coming up in early 2024. This is AM 920, FM 96.5 News Talk, KVEC. You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Michael Dunn joins us after news at the top of the hour. We're continuing our conversation with Dave Peer from the Clark Center. And Dave, for folks just tuning in, let's remind them of the two holiday shows you have this week. Yeah, so we have uh, an Irish Christmas, and um, that's on Friday evening. And then on Saturday afternoon, we have a holiday sing-along with an orchestra and a choir a small choir and small orchestra and audience sing-along of holiday favorites. Everything you need to know is at the clarkcenter.org. And uh, people take a well-deserved holiday break and you come swinging back into action. I've just pulled some of the highlights off the schedule. Uh, let's start. You have the Doo-Wop Project on January 15th. That sounds like fun. Yeah, these guys are really good. They're, um, they met, um, backstage doing Jersey Boys in, uh, on Broadway. And they've, uh, all of them have been involved doing musicals over the years. They formed this, this, um, uh, you know, basically a singing group and a doo-wop group. And then they, they basically play the whole history of, um, you know, basically group singing. So they, they go back and play, uh, you know, they sing the, like the Crest, the Belmont, the Flamingos. And then they come up and they do the Temptations, the the Four Seasons, and then they even kind of project out into a, you know more contemporary music and what it would be like if you do wopified it. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a show that uh, it was on PBS and it was really popular, and I, I think people are going to really enjoy that one. Yeah, and then also in January on the thirty first, you have Life and Times of George Michael. That should be a popular show. Yeah, this is a, a cross-up, kind of a, between a theatrical and a concert production. Um, you know, kind of reviews the whole life of George Michael in terms of his music. They have two different guys that that perform as George Michael. One is the young George, one's the older George, and they they play you know all his all his hits. You know, when he was in with the group Wham, and then when he was out by himself, and you forget how much music. Uh, you know, George Michael is responsible for, but it, that should be a good show. I'm looking forward to that one. And a wide range of music is what, uh, once, oh, yeah. he, once he moved beyond Wham, he really uh, hit it as a solo artist with some pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lot of number one hits and um, you know, all different styles of music. He went all over the place. He got real melancholy there for a while, and then he was doing Papa stuff and yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. 
In uh, February, I'm seeing one, two, three different shows. February 17th, there's a tribute to Whitney Houston. Yeah, this is one I really recommend. Um, this, again, people don't remember how much uh, music Whitney Houston recorded over the years, but uh, I've worked with this performer um, two times before. Her name is Belinda Davids. She's from South Africa. And she's just amazing. She has a four-octave range uh, with her voice, and they really do a great job uh, performing all this Whitney Houston music. And she's just... Um, it's one of those performances that you get goosebumps um, sitting there listening to her, uh, and they do the full spectrum of all this different great Whitney Houston music. Well, begs the question, though, Dave, how does she sound? I mean, because Whitney Houston has been called the greatest voice of her generation. So, well, <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you, Belinda Davids, she's got it dialed in. <laughs> I mean, she, I, she's a great singer on her own, but she, she really is committed to performing as Whitney would have. Um, and you, know, you close your eyes, you sound, you think you're listening to Whitney Houston. It's amazing, and she looks uncannily like Whitney Houston, also. Hmm. Well, and just to uh, reinforce what we talked about in the first segment, or so far we've talked about the Doo-Wop Project, uh, George Michael, Whitney Houston. Anyone that is in your circle of uh, gift-giving must love one of these three shows. You could go get a pair of tickets and make that the holiday gift. Just suggesting. Just suggesting. <laughs> All right. uh, February 18th. You're going to be busy that week. Mark Hummel's Blues Harmonica Blowout. You know, I love what Mark does. I've worked with him over the years. He's He's been touring um, this show, I don't know, 20 years plus. And what he does is every year he assembles a, a group of really fantastic um, blues musicians. Usually a bunch of them uh, play harmonica, uh, blues harp, and um, it's just a great show if you love the blues. So that's that's on a Sunday evening at 7 o'clock. And that's something I'm hoping to bring back year after year. It's really, every year it's it's different because he's got a different lineup of folks, but every year it's fantastic. Kind of like Ringo Starr and his all-star traveling band. He changes them in and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he really, he knows his stuff. Um, Mark's been around uh, in the you know Northern California area doing blues for you know decades, and he really knows these people. And works with them regularly, and he he really brings out fantastic artists. Uh, this year, um, I think Lee Oscar is, is sort of the headliner. He's the harmonica player for the group War, um, but he also went and created his own um, Oscar Harmonica company. <laughs> so he actually huh? manufactures harmonica, blues harmonicas. Well, we got a lot of blues uh, fans on the Central Coast, so I would imagine that show would do quite well. Again, people can go to ClarkCenter.org and get all the details on the different shows we're talking about with Dave Peer. Then the last show in February is One Night of Queen. Yeah, this one is almost sold out. Uh, it's getting there, so this is not one to fool around with if you want to see this show. I would just get tickets soon. Um, but this guy is really good. Um, Gary Mullen and his band is The Works. Uh, they've performed all over the world doing the music of Queen, and again, he's he's got it really dialed down. <laughs> and they they actually go and perform at all these places Queen performed over the years, and uh, including out in Hyde Park, you know, they perform for like forty thousand people in the park there. Jeez. He's really good. 
Jeez. Yeah. All right. Um, then into March, let's hit these last two. Uh, Tina Turner, I already bought my tickets. I'm looking forward to seeing this show. Yeah, this one I haven't seen. Um, it's a new production, but it's the same production company that is doing the Whitney Houston tribute, and I've worked with those guys on uh, multiple different productions in the past, and they always put together a great show. It's always very classy, and the music's always dialed right in. So I am really interested in seeing uh, how this one turns out. Um, I had booked this one, and then we found out later, a few months later, that Tina had died, and so the timing is a little eerie. Um, um, but I think it'll be a really good one. That's on Friday, March 1st. Yeah. And then the last one I want to mention is the the very next day, March 2nd. You have two shows of the Glenn Miller Orchestra. You're bringing them back. Yeah. This is, you know, one of the most iconic of the big band era. It's, it's A lot of people, when they think of big bands, this is what they, they think of, of In the Mood and... Um, you know, String of Pearls and Chattanooga Choo Choo and Little Brown Jug, all these classics from the swing era. Um, and these, this is a, the, they call them ghost orchestras, but this is the official, uh, world famous Glenn Miller Orchestra. So it's the one authorized by the Glenn Miller estate to go out and perform the music of the swing era. And we have one for the uh, performance in the afternoon and one in the evening. Um, and those guys are always great. And they bring a, you know, they have a singer, and I don't think they have dancers, but they have singers, a couple of different singers that come with them. So we've got seven different shows here, seven different ways to celebrate the arts, seven different ways to support the Clark Center. All of these shows would make great uh, gifts for the holidays, buying a couple tickets and going. And, and you can also just buy a ticket for yourself. Give yourself a gift at Christmas time. There's nothing wrong with that, Dave. Nope, nope. Uh, just pick one that you like. There's a lot of different kinds of shows here, a lot of different kinds of music. Uh, so I think there's pretty much something for everyone. One of the things that's listening to you talk about these different acts, it sounds like that you like working with acts that you have booked before and that you tend to rely on the word of companies you've worked with. So if they say, hey, this is a good act, you've got that relationship with them. You, you, you're willing to take a chance. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Um, and then I do take chances. Um, it's always, you never know. You, you, you try to, you know, talk with people. You, you try to go see things live. You watch videotapes, but you never know in the end until you actually see it live, um, really what it's going to be like. And then, then you know. And then once you find things that are real gems, you want to bring them back um, and let the audience experience them. Yeah, because it's kind of like if you have an act that you really like, no matter how many times they come through town, you want to go see them again. You have that relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's it's some of these are just you know world class you know top rate artists and get them while they're still out performing. <laughs> yeah, because before you know it, they'll be our age. All right, it's the ClarkCenter dot org. Everything you need to know is on that website. Buy your tickets one last time, please, Dave. Let's remind folks of the two big shows this weekend. Oh yeah, so we have an Irish Christmas coming in on Friday. Uh, evening, and that's traditional Irish music and dance. 
And then on Saturday, we do have a, a holiday sing-along, which would just be a great great family outing or fun outing with friends or even just come and meet, meet some people and get some friends. And you don't even have to sing. If you just want to come enjoy hearing others sing, that would be fine, too, right? Okay. That, that would be okay. All right, yeah. Uh, Dave, happy holidays. Thanks for joining us. Final thoughts, sir? Uh, well, just go out and see a live performance anywhere. It's just great fun. You know, you only get a chance to see these people when they're passing through, so go out and check them out when they're coming through. Here, here. All right, Dave, thank you. We'll see you next year. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Dave Pierre checking in from the Clark Center, clarkcenter.org. Uh, Dave is uh, was his second year. He's doing a great job down there. He's really packing the house. As we wrap up this first hour, let me just remind you that the seventh annual KVC sock drop is underway. I love coming to work every afternoon and seeing the bin downstairs in the lobby filling up and filling up and filling up. Thank you, but there's still time. We're collecting socks through this Thursday, and that's it. We're doing this in partnership with our friends at the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. So we need brand new socks, please. Unused. Men, women, children. New socks. All the socks we gather this year are going to our friends at the Five Cities Homeless Coalition. You can bring the socks here. You don't even have to come up the steps. Ben is in the lobby. Can't miss it. We're at 3620 Sacramento Drive, right across from the UPS Processing Center. Or you can go to the Five Cities Homeless Coalition office during normal business hours down in Grover Beach at 100 South 4th Street. But again, we only have a couple days to get these socks. So as you're driving around, think of this weather and the less fortunate, and they really could use some warm socks. We thank you in advance for supporting the 7th Annual KVEC sock drop. Off we go. We've got news and traffic and weather. Michael Dunn is in the house. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. The 920 KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.